Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. to our noonday service today. I'm so glad that you've joined us. Let us begin with prayer. Lord, you walk with us and you talk with us. And Lord, you're faithful. You're our life. You're our peace. You're our keeper, our strength, our father. And we just thank you. We praise you. And we're happy today that we have another opportunity to come and worship you. We ask that you would be with every person that's on the line today, every family that's represented. You know the issues and challenges that we face, Lord. And we ask that you be in the midst of all of that. Help us to do those things that would be pleasing in your sight. We ask you to be with the sick that's among us today. Heal them. Heal their bodies. Be with the bereaved families. Lord, we, we ask that you be with the family of Brother Johnny Robinson and so many others whose names I don't know to call, but you know, Lord. We ask that you would be with our government that's in turmoil, Lord. Help them, lead them, guide them, convict them of their evil doings, their shortcomings, their selfishness, their short-sightedness. But help them to be more merciful and kind and loving and, and responsible for your people as you've placed a call on their lives to be the representatives in government for us. We, Lord, we ask that you be with those incarcerated, those in hospitals, those that have troubles on every side. 
finances, relationships, whatever they may be, you would, that you would touch us, that you would love us, and that you would show us the way. Now, Lord, speak through me to your people. Let your Holy Spirit come. It's not about me. It's all about you. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen today. Our word comes from two places today. Um, it will be from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to be reading from chapter 1 and Luke chapter 11. From Ecclesiastes 1 verses 1 through 7 from the New Living Bible. This is what it says. The author Solomon of Jerusalem, King David's son, the preacher. In my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. Everything is futile. For what does a man get for all his hard work? Generations come and go, but it makes no difference. The sun rises and sets and hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and north, here and there, twisting back and forth, getting nowhere. The rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full, and the water returns again to the rivers and flows again to the sea. And then from Luke, the New Testament book, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So our subject today is my life, pointless or profitable? My life, pointless or profitable? That is a question, a rhetorical question, one for you to ponder. But by the end of this sermon, it is my hope and desire that you can answer that your life is profitable beyond measure and that your latter days will be even more profitable than your former days. The first text, Ecclesiastes 1, was written by King Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived. God gave him that wisdom, and with it, he also gave him riches and honor as well. In the eyes of most people, Solomon had it all. All of the things that we strive so hard to get in this life. How many of us are, 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 are striving to be rich? Talk about it. Go after it. Or we want knowledge and, 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 and uh, wisdom. 
or perhaps it's the honor of others to be well liked and well thought of. You know, Solomon had all of those things. All of those things. He had fame and he had fortune. But here he is, a man who had achieved all of that. And what does he say? He says, in my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. Everything is futile, useless, meaningless, vanity. And most of the book of Ecclesiastes, he goes on talking about the meaningless of things like pleasure and material gain, even the grief of wisdom. At times, this book of the Bible will bring you down if, you're not, if you don't keep reading until it tells us what is important because he's so negative about everything. So why would a man like that who has everything be so down about everything? Well, God doesn't do anything by happenstance. And I believe the book of Ecclesiastes is here to help free us from the illusion that power and approval and money will give us a happy, carefree existence. It's not going to happen. And Mark 8 and 36 says, What doth it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Solomon says, I search for purpose. But what I found is that it comes from God. I found that the cure for emptiness in life is a life centered on God and serving others. So I'm saying to you today, are you bored? Do you feel empty? Not worthy? Like nothing is happening good in your life? Is, is, is that how you feel? Things aren't working for you. It's happening for everybody else, but it's not happening for me. Then, then I will say to you, go volunteer at a nursing home, a food pantry, a homeless shelter. Go to a hospital. Talk to the sick and pray with them. Go to a school and help the children. Serve others. Stop focusing on you and set your gaze higher, bigger, and watch God show up in your life with your cup running over with purpose and meaning. And that's what the book of Ecclesiastes is there for, to show us the true meaning of life. And Solomon, he goes on almost as if he's rambling about one thing and then another, and he reminds us that God controls this world. Listen to what he says in Ecclesiastes 3, verses 9 through 11. This is from the easy version of the Bible, to make it clear. He says, do people really gain anything from their hard work? I saw all the hard work God gave us to do. 
God gave us the ability to think about his world, but we can never completely understand everything he does. And yet he does everything at just the right time. You know, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Solomon says, I learned that the best thing for people to do is to be happy to enjoy themselves as long as they live. God wants everyone to eat, drink, and enjoy their work. These are the gifts from God. Our heritage, our legacy. I learned that anything God does will continue forever. People cannot add anything to the work of God and they cannot take anything away from it. God did this so that people would respect him. You know, we we look at the weather and as I'm preaching, it's, <clears throat> it's raining outside right now. 30 minutes ago, the sun was shining. And we, we watch the weather and they predict rain and sometimes it doesn't come. They don't, they, they pre predict sunshine and it rains all day. God the, the catechism says, God does whatever he wills. And then Solomon goes on to talk about justice and evil people. He says, moreover, I noticed that throughout the earth, justice is giving way to crime. And even police courts are corrupt. I said to myself, in due season, God will judge everything man does, both good and bad. But he goes on to say, because God does not punish sinners instantly, people feel like it's safe to do wrong. But though a man sins a hundred times and still lives, I know very well that those who fear God will be better off. That's not me talking. That's what Solomon is saying. Half reminiscing, half lamenting, half preaching. He's looking back over his life and all that he now knows and has come to the realization of this. He says towards the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, remember your creator. In the days of your youth, he says, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the advice of the wisest and one of the richest men who ever lived. You know, we say work hard and follow your dreams and, you know, do go after what you want. And, and that all sounds good, and, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But first and foremost, he says, remember your creator. Remember your creator. So just how does this work in our practical lives? Well, we already talked about serving others and the benefits of living life apart from just thinking about ourselves. But to be able to really do that, you've got to first get to know God. First things first. 
Remember at the beginning of this noonday service, in our text, we read Luke 11 and 1 that said, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. I assert to you that the number one thing that starts you on the success trail of life as a trailblazer is prayer. The reason the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray is because he prayed in their presence. He often stole away to pray. He told them he was going to pray to to the Father. And then they saw the power that he had, the humility, but yet the authority, the love, the calmness with which he spoke, the knowledge and the discernment that he had. And they wanted that for themselves. So they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. So we can have some of that. So we can be like you. So we can know the Father. Did he? Yes, he did. He gave them a template to go by. Things that they needed to say when they were praying. And we have that same template today. The Lord's Prayer. We need to learn it, we need to recite it, but we also need to use it as a guide. We start by acknowledging God for who He is, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. In other words, we honor you, we give your name honor. And we confess our sins and our shortcomings. We thank God for all he does. And then we ask him for our needs to be supplied. It's that simple. Talk to God and listen with your heart, with your head and your heart. Your relationship with almost anyone else, anybody, starts with a simple hello and some small talk. It's no different for our relationship with the Savior. Start small and be honest and listen for God's answers and advice. You know, Jesus did the hardest thing imaginable that a human being could do. Remember, he was fully man. He was fully God, but he was fully man. He was crucified on a cross for our sins, for the sins of the whole world. And really, he thought about it, and he didn't want to do it. His prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane shows us his reluctance. Lord, if there be any other way, take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. But he talked to the Father. He laid it out 
And God blessed him. And he gained the courage to go forward. That's what happens in prayer. So I'm asking you again. Your life. Is it pointless? Or is it profitable? And if you want to have a profitable life. Remember your creator. Keep the commandments of God. And it all starts with prayer. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your teaching today. For your reminder that it starts with prayer. And for those of us, Lord, that have not Prayed the, prayed the prayer of salvation. Lord, we offer it today. We ask that you forgive us for our sins. We believe that you sent your son to die for us on the cross in our place. And we acknowledge that he died and rose again. And now sits in heaven, interceding on our behalf. We thank you, Lord. We ask that you allow Jesus to come into our hearts and our lives. And lead us and guide us as our Savior. We put our trust in him. We love you, Lord. And we ask you to help us to be all that we can be. Not just trying to gain the whole world and lose our soul, but to gain you. And by gaining you, we gain the whole world, but we do it the right way. By seeking first your kingdom and then all these other things we want will be added. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.